What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Blessing. You are locked into the Moment of Truth podcast. To the left of me, I got Let Me Know. And today in the building, I got some very special guests for y'all. Very excited to have you, gentlemen. Yeah, Banks yeah. and Ranks. Make yeah. some noise for Banks and Ranks. <laughs> Long overdue. Thank you very yes. much for coming. Indeed. I've Thanks been knowing this gentleman Soke for uh, for quite a few years now. Yeah. I think originally I had met you through one of my first producers, Ray Ray. Yes. Before yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys linked up and formed uh, and formed your your super group duo, speak on that a little bit. Let me know some of your 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 background, how you guys linked up, and how you guys came to the scene. Yeah. So basically. Um, I followed Soke for a couple years before uh, he reached out. More uh, of a stalker vibe or a social media thing? Yeah, kind of. So uh, <laughs> basically, I, I remember a friend at uni was like, yo, you should check out this guy because I'm coming from Guadeloupe, which is a French Caribbean island, mm -hmm. and I used to do a lot of reggae dancehall. And he was like, okay, this guy is like a hybrid artist doing the hip-hop and dancehall thing at the same time. And mm -hmm. I found it in really French. interesting. In Back French. In days, yeah. It was, I think, uh, La Tache Souterrain. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. And then we were Facebook friends because you know how it is. Sometimes you just like add people. I mean, back then it's not like that anymore. By the way, people don't do that. Don't friend me on Facebook like that. It's Instagram for this now. Um, <laughs> but it was a way of early networking. Yeah, yeah. just adding people. Because you stuff. saw like uh, 750 mutual friends. You're like, damn, I, I kind of do Half know him friends. by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, asshole, we know a few hundred people in common. <laughs> Fuck you if you don't answer me. <laughs> It's a good way. That's how I'm gonna get my next feature. Make a note, please. <laughs> and then, um, and then what happened is uh, Soke found one of my remixes. I think the blue was, remix, the blue remix for. FL this is like Five. legit one of my childhood's biggest songs. I'm blue, da ba dee da ba die. Oh God! Yeah, one of the exactly. most cheesiest commercial <laughs> smashes of all time. That was in the Basically, Napster yeah. Napster days. And I, I, I remember that song. I used to hear it all the time. I was in grade 10 in high school. Yeah. And there was a scummy bar across the street from my school. And for some reason, the mentally deranged owner of that bar <laughs> used to let all the underage kids spend their lunchtime in a bar with fucking, with the lotto machines. And we used to like play pool and drink on our lunch hour and that fucking song that's I'm great good, I'm and we'd go back to school drunk and off camera you asked me why I don't speak French well well that's now why, we have yeah. an answer so back to I'm blue yes um, yeah so Yannick made a trap remix and I was like this is genius I, I saw the hashtag Montreal I'm like that's impossible that he lives in my city yeah. and I don't know about him yeah 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 let me reach out he says yeah I know you from like from a long time Let's link up. I saw that he was a dog dude. I saw his dog. I'm like, okay, so his dog is cool. My dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's meet up. Um, it was strictly for business. Let's see what we could do together. And we just clicked. Dope. It was like... Instant. Yeah, I think we, we both have very strong solo careers before. Mm -hmm. But I think um, the our meeting, our linking up was probably... A, defining moments in our yeah, career in life we clicked right away i remember at the time when we started to speak i was in Brittany in france mm -hmm. and uh we're like just chatting and stuff and sending some songs whatever and then we linked i think had a couple beers on the terrace and uh yeah it started from that day then we were like yo maybe we could work on some pop stuff together because mm -hmm. i knew he was really like strong at pop and yeah 
so we started it and uh then worked i think i was working on my solo project at the time and i was like yeah could you like put some vocals down to this and then add some reggae parts and stuff and then we're like you know what let's actually do something about it and let's start a band together so it's all it, it, we i think we just both had the same vision for where we wanted to take our own music together mm -hmm. and it's like complementary we kind of needed each other's skills in order to get to that next level exactly well whole point in forming a team right if you guys both play yeah. the same position what's the point exactly yeah, exactly so it's like the equation one plus one equals three Made what the name sense. comes from actually yeah that's well. what i was just gonna ask you why banks and ranks what's the what's the meaning behind it well, it's it's yeah it's complementary forces you know yin, yin and yang two basically it's it's the jamaican vibe of yin and yang exactly like two forces it. that need each other that are interdependent to create something like two molecules creating a new element no, that's I mean, dope yeah. so for a minute uh a good friend of ours uh pat from 16 yes. who actually has the studio right above mine really um yeah well he me, moved? me and well he's been oh, no. there oh no the, he came the to RCA the building, building because we met when he this. first started doing yeah, yeah, yeah. he had like two videos out three videos yeah. out i was like this guy's dope i was like yo i don't know who you are but can you come meet me? And he was like, sure. Like, that was I love with your karma shit. back in the day, right? When he this did the was, karma. I think he or had. Or Troy, a, Troy Dunnett? Troy. Yeah, he had done yeah. Troy. And I called Troy. Shout out to Troy Dunnett. Yeah. I haven't heard that um, name in a while. Yes, yeah, yes, I yes, actually yes. just bumped into Troy in the same music? studio. He's a, he's a personal trainer now. Okay, nice. And, uh, you know, we were chopping it up. But, you know, Troy is an old friend of mine from the A-Track and Chromeo guys and all those obscure disorder days. Yeah. And I called Troy and I'm like, yo, this guy's dope is he your boy and he was like yeah he totally like he knows who you are bro like just call him and i'm like you sure like and then he's like yeah just call him chopped it up with pat he yeah. came to meet me at the studio and he's like hey guys this is exactly. oh, this is pat bro Postman i see him four days a week Postman. he's like hey guys he basically hey is a and r every record i've ever done in really? the last 10 years i mean by default because he always comes smokes a cigarette yeah has a piece of like dutch chocolate or some polish uh he does smoke. sweet <laughs> he's like so here's what we're gonna do it's like he's like this is good this is good but the you know the drums are a little a dry. Shit. yeah he will know. say he will <laughs> use the s word He's actually, um, you know, he's my quality control, you know. He's my little Vietnamese guy who comes and makes sure there's no flaw on the on the Timberland or the Nike. He's my he's passe, he, dude. <laughs> no, but you know, I lo I love it because his um his his uh, direction is always spot on and always obviously on point. he has a great ear and a great eye. So he was like, "Yeah, I, I love the space." And he was like, uh fuck, I think I should get a, a room here. So he got his first studio and I'm sure you must have gone there when he was in the other... Right next door, yeah. Exactly. It, oh, it was right across from us. Like that. my door yeah. was here and his door was here. And then we upgraded down the hall and he got the right on top right of the floor up. So we've both been in the same uh, office building for like 10 years, years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my brother and he was always talking very highly of Soke like yo out of the handful of people I think that wow. you should work with I think Soke is one of them and nice. when he would Respect. say that you know so many people in our city they're not serious or they're not about their business but when Pat said like this guy's a standout and then I remembered you know you've you've you you're a hard face to forget i remember like seeing you once or twice with ray ray and shit yeah. so when we eventually ended up clicking up it was just it was Meant just to be. yeah it was just natural and then this gentleman 
I feel like I'm the I'm the Waldo or the Pokeroo of this guy. I've met him 40 times, yeah. and every time he was like, "Oh, you're blessed," and then again, "Oh, you're blessed," and I'm like, "No, okay. just last time." No, because the first time I, it's a joke, but I met you with <laughs> with Tom Lapointe, your, your boy. Yeah, mastered my my record, and then these guys were in the other room. You and Gary's. I feel like you guys were working together right before you guys did the Banks. Arrest, no, right? we actually. Oh, you guys this already time had we, Banks it was already okay. yeah, Banks mm-hmm. was already a thing, but yeah. Gary is a really old friend of mine from yeah, he's Guadalupe dope too, as well man. yeah fun fact is our first big hit was with Gary um, yep. it happened randomly just an old beat mm-hmm. that we send over um, to our management and then Tayo Cruz wrote a song on it Bye. and then it became a gold record in the UK what's it called? Uh, Kiss Me it was Oli Merz that Ollie performed Merz, it yeah. yeah but it was yeah big, big record in the UK yeah. sick so that was your first major placement together yeah. yeah, and with Gary as well. And with Gary, yeah, that, that kind of enabled us to get the nice publishing deal and, and start the process. That gave you the leverage. Yeah. So speak on that a little bit more. So you guys form Banks and Ranks. You guys have this first placement. And now you got management first, publishing deal first. What, what came first? Actually, just to put the things in context, so for probably a year, I think, we started we to do a lot of remixes, like putting out remixes every week of like classic dancehall and reggae songs. And you were after. working like SoundCloud, YouTube. What was we, your SoundCloud? Yeah, YouTube. man, we milked the, we the milked shit out of pre- SoundCloud. And can I swear or no? Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna swear. Now. Um, yeah. So our business model was based on remixing and mm-hmm. building our fan base with remixes, free remixes, mm-hmm. giving away everything. And I think we got up to like 50,000 fans on SoundCloud or 60, 60. or something like that. But we were really strong on the SoundCloud game. And then... What did you guys find was the best strategy SoundCloud-wise? Because I know a lot of, you know, up-and-coming artists, you know, it could be overwhelming. There's so many platforms. Yeah. There's so many ways to go about it. What did you guys feel, you know, you could attribute your success on SoundCloud to? What was the strategy? Was it remixing shit that was already trending on SoundCloud? No. Oh, it was old classics. Yeah. Like the classics. Like the classics Sean Paul, the classics bob marley i think that was the first one actually all songs that we knew we wouldn't have any trouble with copyright sure yeah um but, but that what was, was the strategy that um, was it wasn't really soundcloud wise i'm specific soundcloud wise it was i think naturally it it had a little bit of clout if i can say because mm-hmm. i think at the time it was the golden age right before it started going down yeah yeah this <laughs> right before they tighten up every algorithm yeah, to fuck yeah. you and monetize everything <laughs> but and we had this uh free download stuff so mm-hmm. you used to have an app linked to your facebook page and people had to yeah. follow you on soundcloud Twitter. and facebook to Ooh. download the songs yeah. so basically you would say leveraging facebook to soundcloud yeah as well so we kind of created a, a small community on the facebook as well that mm-hmm. is not huge still it stayed there but anyways no one really used facebook for this kind of stuff yeah, anymore yeah. i mean we do but it's but how did you leverage we were, a couple thousand on facebook to fifty thousand on soundcloud um good music well that I, I that's guess. obvious the people are going to choose but, but you know like I'll be really honest, it's because the reggae trap stuff that we're specialized in at the beginning, that blend... It didn't really exist. It didn't really exist. So we really created, I'd say, that proper organic reggae electronic sounding on the drops. Mm -hmm. Which was heating up with Major Lazer, I'm sure, at the time and all that shit. They did some, but it wasn't sounding like that because I don't know, for some reason, it wasn't... 
the thing is with Soke he really had unlocked this authentic reggae sounding oh he's been doing that the formula skanks and, strength, and bubbles and stuff yeah. and I had that really like drop hard bass and stuff and trap yeah and this is really where we created at the beginning banks and ranks it was because he was bringing such this organic textures and stuff that roots rock reggae mm -hmm. vibe yeah on that real on that dub electronic trap electronic dubstep mm -hmm. whichever you want to call it yeah absolutely it so was I, basically to bring caribbean culture to the edm electronic mm -hmm. um festival crowd it's mm -hmm. a yeah. hybrid yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, were you yeah, guys yeah, yeah, getting yeah. playlisted a lot at the time? Like, what was helping mm. gain that 50,000? I remember some YouTube channels as well were reposting uh, Gap Trap Music Gunja HD, Media, yeah. Trap, Mu uh, Trap Music HD, all those at the time where, where YouTube was actually mm -hmm. a thing as well for, to playlist stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think. Yeah, it's pretty much it. And Did you get any placements like uh, Spotify, like, like the big mixtapes or anything that, like, maybe. Pushed um, towards it. Not oh, back that was then. after. That was after. That Through was the after. labels. There. But um, I think we were still shooting in the dark back then. We didn't really know what we were getting into. It was basically just, let's do this. Probably see where it leads. And Split testing, they call it. With it if we let's could. try this yeah. with this track. Let's try this. But it was very a limited, a narrow view of what we could actually do. Sure. It's only when we started doing sessions with songwriters in the UK and even LA and Jamaica that we kind of understood that so, okay maybe not we're not limited to a jamaican electronic sound yeah yeah yeah, absolutely why put yourself in a box exactly um so speak on a little bit i'm curious so from soundcloud was your first momentum yeah, yeah. Say. so from soundcloud and that placement the next step was finding our manager steve jervier who's the goat I, if there was a manager uh a war like a grammy manager award that would he, be him. he would win the Grammy. Oh, yeah <laughs> how did you guys link up with him randomly online um we wanted to remix one of his artists song mm -hmm. the, um, back then we just looking for opportunities and sure. they never replied the production company never replied so but the weirdest thing about it right because um soke was on this reggae side um uh, yeah reggae side Reg called reggaeville and at night before to go to bed right and yeah it was just 3 a.m super small like it was like a like a very small icon, and mm. I was like, okay, Crescene, I don't know this artist. Let me check it out. So it was like it kind of called me to click on it out of hundreds of other artists. Randomly. Yeah. And then no answer, and then I just followed him on Facebook and commented one day on one of his videos. And then I think 12 hours later, 24 hours later, we got an email from his manager he didn't not listen. He didn't listen to our music. He just saw the logo and the just name. Just saw this logo. Here, yeah, right here. <laughs> nice. That and logo. he was intrigued. He was like, "Okay, what is this? Let me let me look into it." And then we Skype dated for six months. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a plan laid out for us, and everything he told us was first realistic mm -hmm. and happened right on time. I, I remember one thing Steve said, and it was a really funny story, and we realized it like when we were talking about like the beginning, and he was the like, first thing he asked us said, who you guys want to work with? And oh, we were like, yeah, yeah. Sean Paul. Mm -hmm. At that time, that was like, this is the pinnacle. That was the dream. And Do you guys know my boy Fahrenheit? No. No. Farron was Sean's hype man for many years. They're like this. Really? Um, he's always he's always with him. He backs him up on stage. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I know Farron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, uh, Farron Zizi. 
Oh, okay. on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah. he's a, a good friend of mine and Sean and his brother. I mean, I've been knowing these guys for years. And um, I used to work with Circuit. Yeah. With the no, producer Circuit nice. back in the day. He when, was living here, right? Uh, actually, Toronto? was in Toronto. Okay, yeah. But I wasn't living in Toronto at the time, too. Yeah. So I met them when they were just starting out. They had, a, they had a band called Let's Go to War where they were doing their electronic stuff. And me and Circuit did like five, six songs nice. just before I met Pat and, and, and my, my producer that I've been working with for years, uh, Mano Sound Machine. And uh, me and him had done some tracks. And one of them we got, we got Farron on. So such a small, small world, you know, and that was more in the electronic, uh, in, the, in the electronic. And they're really uh, a tight click there. I mean, Sean and his people, great they're entourage always hasn't all together. Changed. The entourage yeah, seems mm. to be the same. From the get-go, yeah. Shout out my boy Oren. Um, yeah, they've always been great, man. We would always party when they would come. And so you know Steve as well, his tour yeah, manager. Yeah, 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 of course, amazing. of course. His Steve is not our Steve, his Steve. <laughs> well, we, have, we, we have tons and tons and tons of stories. Everybody needs a Steve in his team, man. Yeah, man. If you don't have a Steve, then you're not winning bro he's a great guy so where's your manager based london okay our whole team is based in london and funny enough everybody's caribbean yeah jamaica barbados dominica well that's a big hub out i feel like canada was toronto and europe was london right yeah 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 so we've been blessed no pun intended definitely to find steve and he said okay i'm gonna get you a management deal so he got uh, a joint venture with uh lateral who's uh, they're based in sweden and, and London, and London, yeah. So they managed LA as well back then. LA, I think they kind of backed off a little bit from the LA office, yeah. but they still, yeah, they still running like big acts and stuff. Because he's like he's a street dude, so he needed somebody to handle the corporate stuff. Absolutely. So he linked up with them. We signed with them, and then publishing deal came around, and then labels started knocking on the door because we were messing with songwriters and artists from all the labels in London. Mm-hmm. So would walk into a building and and the tag at the time was really aggressive we it would was put like the bonks and ranks <laughs> i remember like, that yeah, yeah. Ranks, like you know so and so a&rs would be here in the tag and like who's this who's this who's this? okay so they connected the dots and then we got the record deal good for you thank you yeah thanks. good for you guys we weren't so, even looking for a deal we're like so parlophone for those who don't know is uh i believe lemmy was telling me one of the oldest yep. record labels um and started I, in germany i think mm-hmm. yeah and the home of adele the beatles uh not adele um not adele adele wasn't gorillas okay. Coldplay, david guetta tiny tempa tiny tempa uh beatles of course queen lily allen beatles queen yeah yeah then then the, 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 old, the old legend it's a pretty good company like you're, you're okay <laughs> there. sold a few <laughs> records they'll be able to survive the drought yeah yeah. Oh, yeah um dream come true i'm sure for you guys after a lot of hard work yeah. after a lot of sacrifice i kind of i i ask these very specific industry questions because i feel like in our business there's so much information it can be so overwhelming to yeah. people that are just starting out it what is. platform do i work is management the, the thing i should be shooting for is is a record deal should I, is a publishing deal i feel like a lot of people don't even understand the difference between all of uh, this. between yeah, all of these really things. hard to understand so i find like it's really valuable to have cats such as yourself who've swam through it firsthand and came yeah. out the other side successful to be able to kind of you know pick your guys brains as to you know like what do you guys think right now is the most important platform for people such as yourself um to to to, to be to start buzzing with. on yeah i'd say good it's, management huh? management is the key i mean it's it's hard now i think to to know where to start like spotify is controlling everything and 
you can get lost easily. You can get lost easily. Platforms. So you really need, I think, strong management to have strong ties in this business yeah. and mm -hmm. that know people. Where we're really lucky is that Steve is... Um, I mean, he's a producer, he's a DJ, and he's well-placed, and he has old, lasting relationships. I don't know if you, you're aware of Black Market Records. I actually have heard, yes. They're like, you know... Uh, one of the biggest record shops, biggest in, the record UK, shops in the UK yeah, sure. back then. Yeah, And he was one of the founders of Black Market Records. Yeah, so I could tell he's probably a guy, without knowing him, who's a very core guy in the scene in London. Yeah. He put it all saints together back then, and yeah. stuff like that. So basically, he's been through like a different... Like every decade of the music yeah. for the past 30, 40 years almost, yeah. he's been into it. And Gryden has been the DJ in New York as well, in LA and Paris and, and everything. And he's I love that you say that because I think so many people have this false narrative that, you know, labels are out the window and people don't need management and, and no. they could be discovered themselves on social no. media. No, that's how no. you that's how you become a drop in an ocean. Yeah. Um, yes, there are few people who have freak you know luck that yeah. might upload something and it takes off for whatever reason but even that even with with a lottery ticket you have to know how to invest those winnings yeah yeah you know and you have to know how to navigate to have a career and not just be a flash in the pan so and i mean i think it's interesting because that's something that hasn't changed in 30 years yeah of this exactly. business live music and the need for a proper management and business structure. Um, I think one of our strong aspects is when we created Banks and Ranks is that we created uh, the group as a business. Yeah. Getting the logo, getting all the socials I done. Love, I love that. Like a Please company. Tell me more. We got, we incorporated, we went on lawyer, uh, accountant. We got three bank account, three companies set up. But that, that was... Uh, after, I mean, when we really started, oh, okay, it, that was after we got yeah, the, the management deals. deal because yeah. we were yeah. like, okay, money's gonna come in, so now we need to be aware of how we're gonna structure the where to pay you know, like tax and stuff, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But was that uh, you were you being urged to do that from management, or was that kind of your own? No, that was your own, that was, yeah, yeah. We we negotiated a lot of our deals ourselves. Um, actually, yeah, yeah for people listening, there's a book called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business. Donald Passman. Yes, <laughs> my man. That's the first the step. The, That's the, first the Bible. Step. Yeah. The Bible. Um, but manage, definitely, if, if you want to take your career to the next level, get yourself a manager. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's well-connected, but somebody who has that drive that can get through any door. And more than that, that believes in you like... Number Absolutely. one fan and that's, that has a ear that can be an A&R at the same time. Yeah. Like I think of uh, our good friend Whitney. Yeah, Whitney at Sokan, you know, that uh, is yes, the A&R at Sokan. Through us, yeah. got into the business, but didn't have any contacts. But his personality sells everything about yeah, him. Yeah, great guy. And we because of his, yeah, because of his strength on social, um, with all social, social skills, skills yeah. he just going to make anything happen and this is why quebec is actually moving in terms of music as you can tell hip-hop is more and more oh, yeah. there and stuff like that because of it's being people represented like by yeah. people like him yeah he, he he seems like a really great guy i he's don't know best. him well but the first couple times we met he grabbed me yell bless we got to do this we got to do that energy and, and that's the energy and the momentum yeah. that i feel like was missing for a long time in our scene and a big reason that we wanted to do this project was to create that group this conversation yeah. this unity and have this spot that we can all sit down pick each other's brain 
and and help each other win because when people were and I, you know you remember it yeah people were off in this corner people were off in this corner the french and the segregated. english weren't communicating the french and the french were had beef the english and the english were caddy mm -hmm. but now we're starting to see with guys like yourself guys like loud uh guys in english french we gotta get frenchy blanco back on the mic i miss <laughs> frenchy yeah. Shout out Frenchie. <laughs> but you know, with, 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 with you know, this momentum happening, it's starting to become a business yeah. and not a hobby. And I feel like a lot of people in our scene locally back in the day were discouraged from doing what you guys were doing with setting up companies and, and, and really looking at it like a proper business because they felt realistically this was a hobby. Yeah. You know? And I think in Quebec, we have the mentality of being small. Mm -hmm. We keep perpetuating this idea that there's not a lot of money mm -hmm. uh, we heard that a couple of times eh? so i have to do everything myself Tell me in order it. to generate the more profit so i can survive mm -hmm. so it's about survival mm -hmm. lack of structure lack of education about yeah. the business um and maybe sometimes we're kind of closed into our small market but I'm seeing that slowly, obviously, technology has helped oh, yeah. bring people together. But I'm seeing that mentality slowly melting away. Um, and, and I love to see it, man. I love to see, like, even the other night we were all at... Um, Actually, you weren't there, but at the we Joyride party, yeah. That oh, you know, damn. shout out our boy Los. <laughs> oh, you know, they <laughs> had a little a party, party for the launch of their new office, <laughs> yeah. And we were there, and and you know, uh, a bunch of other people. And it's great to see the English and the French now mixing. It's really and everybody yeah. coming on the podcast. And we have a guy that's winning. We have a guy that's really like loud is is on a level right now. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Selling out the Bell Center like that yeah, helps. I love it. That's, that helps everybody. We love it absolutely. Yeah, it does, and man. you have to see it that way. You can't be like, oh man, I want what he has. No, okay, never, but yeah, you can get never. it. Never, because and also what's really cool is what you guys are doing is completely your own lane. Exactly, going through the European market. What loud there's is no doing competition. Is it's completely just, his own lane. What we're doing with the podcast is completely our own lane. Yeah, and the most important thing is that we're Link unified that together, and we're supporting yeah. each other. Yeah. And, you know, me and him have always had a really great rapport and, you know, uh, fucking, you know, we have a hundred mutual friends, but people weren't working together. Yeah. And I, I'm happy to see finally, I can say this year, yeah. that conversation's coming together. Me and Rough Sound got a bunch of records yeah. um, and the time is really now. You, you got to do a podcast with Rough Sound as well. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Whitney as well from SoCal. That'd be dope. Of course, it, of course, of course. But we, we really... Um, we're serious about staying here and building here instead of because I, I mean we could move to LA we could move to London anytime but yeah and they tried a couple of times management was like guys come to London we can keep you busy like every day of the week and we're like yeah but no do they bring you people here yeah that, yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. awesome. That's amazing. We, we yeah, had yeah. some few talents that came at yeah. the studio already uh, from yeah, yeah. from abroad, and that's that's a pleasure because then we make them discover Coming the city. Yeah. And Montreal is a really special place as well for all the people listening and never been to Montreal. Yeah. If you see this, is Montreal special. is a really special place. It's a yeah. blend blend between European culture, American, American. culture, mm -hmm. in the middle of sometimes I heard no man's land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're really spoiled because in Montreal yep. we kind of have access to everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without it being completely unattainably expensive, yeah. you know? Yeah. Try and live the lifestyle we live in Montreal and London. It's impossible. I don't want to tell you, you guys, can. you better be a hundred millionaire, not a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millionaire is not even yeah, a baller. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Just no, 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 no. You better be a hundred millionaire. 
because you're competing with the fucking 100%. oil sheiks and yeah. the richest in the world. <laughs> yeah. You're a peasant when you go, no matter what you're doing, you know, and in Montreal, bro, we just have, we have so much access to yeah. shit. And whenever I have friends of mine in the music business, um, be it the biggest artists yeah. or just people behind the scenes, they're always trip because they're like, yo, you guys got something crazy. It's a nice incubator. It's a beautiful incubator. And now I feel like, look at all the festivals we're getting. You know, yeah. you got Metro Metro stepping up now. You got Beach Club yep. doing shit every weekend. You have still the Bell Center going strong. You have Oceaga. You have Il Sonic. So now it's like, hold up. If we just add a couple more to this calendar during, yeah. the, during the winter months, we are kind of a very interesting international player yeah. and it's coming throw, there yeah. and the infrastructure, yeah. uh, you know, Snow, um, he was joking with me about, you know, fuck bro, it's like one of my favorite cities. I love coming to see you, but the traffic is oh, unbelievable. So <laughs> you know, but the interesting thing is a couple of years from now, we will have a completely brand new infrastructure. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't implode. Yeah, where, where, where did you get that? Where, they're redoing everything. Like, what new infrastructure are you talking about? The highways are being they redone. Just the, the new yeah? Condos well. are going up. Like, Condos, are, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. the, 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 the city, like they're spending a lot of money on redoing everything now. That's true. And I think that Very true. in the long run, yeah. this will benefit the tourism and the festivals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Montreal has had this agenda yeah. of, of slowly transitioning out of being the Miami or the Las Vegas yeah. North yeah. 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 into yeah. like, Corporate, uh, you know, like Ottawa, like I mean, we're know, pioneers in technology. Yeah, big startups. And, and, and yeah, that's true. And that's I think for Shout old school scumbags <laughs> like us, it might be annoying, but in the long haul, it might be really yeah. cool. But even like music-wise, I think it's it's a plan to bring in foreign money and yeah, keep it that, here. Yeah, that's what I'm talking to, about. To like feed the industry yeah. and, and and feed the arts. Montreal always got a bad rep as being a great Come city on. to you no know, to to be an artist. It's but true. then once you had the product what do you do with it exactly. and now because we live in an age where you're online yep. you kind of have a, more of an opportunity being from here yep. in this beautiful creative space well you know? I love yeah, that yeah, you yeah, say yeah. that Lemmy and a microcosm of that is the Francofolie so for me uh, I was you know I was involved in the scene of French hip hop very early yeah. because the, the cat that I met this gentleman through originally Ray Ray was one of the French rap pioneers. He produced my first two albums and he would kind of work on my first album. Mm. And at the same time, Saint Pression's first album. Yeah. And I came through that machine and then I got picked up by guru and the rest was history. But, Sick. but I mean, I was a beautiful era. Yeah, it was a beautiful right? era. So I would be running around with Gangstar, you know, in the States and in the rest of Canada. But when I was in Quebec, I'd be running around with SP, with Ray Ray, with yeah. Les Architects, with, you know, with everybody, you know what I'm saying? And, and, rest you in know, peace, Joe BG. Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely, RIP. And then when I am would come here for the Francofolie and Funky Family, you know, I would take those guys out and we would go pick them up from the airport. And Damn, I remember sick. the Francofolie, um, actually, I ended up doing a track with Freeman for oh, the, really? uh, Nabil from La Cosca. He had a compilation album and him and Ray put me on that. Wow. So that was really dope. That's sick. And um, we kind of... I remember seeing the Franco Foley being on this little stage near where Sona used to be on Blurry in a Field. And there was like a couple hundred people there. It wasn't a second rate 
show at the time. It was a third rate show. Yeah. And we were happy to see fucking I Am. And it was like 400 people in front of an empty field. That's mad. So this summer, I'm walking downtown and, you know, Ruff hits me up. Yo, you know, come through. Yeah. We're all here. And fucking... I see Corias and my my good friend from back in the day who did a couple tracks on Plattenberg Manifest, his DJ, fucking 100,000 people or whatever, 80,000 people. And so when you see that growth locally, that kind of speaks to what you're saying. As a French artist, you no longer have to leave to play at the Bell Center or to play. And now that business model is going to become very interesting for companies yeah. that are going to want to take part in this and fund That's this. Really true. And radio That's really is open And I don't now think too. a lot of us realize that we are going to be in a better and a better position. Yeah. We just got to build that pyramid yeah. with guys like us at the foundation and whoever hits That's the, the pinnacle is, is the politician. That's yeah. okay. We talk about, uh, you know, uh, the, the favorite name everybody loves to drop, Drake, but we forget that, you know, Drake is at the top of the hill, but there are... Yeah hundreds of careers that have been built and m- dozens of millionaires off of his success because, oh, Drake, definitely. Of in Canada yeah. alone. Oh yeah. You know, he's an industry and so we can definitely do the same thing here. We, we, we will definitely, we it's yeah. inevitable at this basically. point. Yeah. It's yeah. inevitable at this point. And it's whether what you guys are doing through Parlophone, you know, what I've been building, what Loud's doing with Los. Yeah. And I think sky's the limit. I yeah. think we got a Nate Husser and a Mike Shab. We got some yeah. guys that are Zach really good. Well. Well. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course, but it's not about and this is what I keep preaching it's not about one artist one project no, one movement. producer it's not blessed it's not banks and ranks it's a movement yeah and bro there's definitely enough pie for everybody it's this, this music shit is collaboration based definitely. you guys know yeah. better than anyone I would love for you to explain oh. the real process of making a hit record oh. Is collaboration yeah. collaborate? There's no I I it's, I. No. It's key. It's key. You, you have to, to be able to leave your ego home. Aside, when yeah. You, you have get five ten studio. writers on one smash. Yeah. Do you think that you don't have five ten people you're collaborating with to be a, a, a superstar artist or producer? Logically, you it, it's collaboration yeah. oriented. Yeah. That's this business. Yeah. It's it's literally. I think. Yeah one thing we used to say and we still say it's like it's all about collaboration when we go to the uk or the us you end up in a room with four four is a good number in a room but it could be five six ten people and i'm always saying to people because a lot of people want to keep it for themselves They're yeah, like yeah, yeah. i write i produce i don't I'm like, cool, but would you like to have 100% of nothing or 1% of something big? Of 100. Yeah. Now you got your 100. Yeah. And when you have 1% of 100 versus even, let's say, 100% of one, you'd rather be spread out 100 times 100 than one, you know? Yeah, yeah, And that's an obvious uh, thing. Speak to me about the Dua Lipa record Mm, that you guys did. Um, That was cool. That was organized by management in Mm -hmm. London Mm -hmm. three years ago. Three, is it four now? So it I took a while to come to fruition. Three, yeah. years, three years ago, three years and a half, yeah. A lot of times our songs take a while to come out. Um, but it was the third trip we've done in London. Yeah, early days. It was a, yeah, yeah, early days. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the first times that we built a song from scratch in the session. Yeah. Um, it was actually a, a loop that we did with uh, Rough Sound and Billboard. Mm-hmm. In Montreal. In, in Montreal before leaving for the trip. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was a great session. So, yeah, she was not that big at the time. 
I mean, she had she had quite a few mil of you. It was like about 60, 70 mil, which was On big. The rise, yeah. But she was, because she blew up first in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that. Actually. A lot of big acts worldwide blew up first in Germany. It's a really good hub for music as, as well, apparently. We just had my good friend Vico Furman from Germany um, on the on the podcast speaking oh, about him. a lot of um, uh, Alex Veliz's. Uh, yes, is he still like, yeah, is yeah. he still working with him? Yeah. Okay, nice. What's the name of the guy again? Vico. Started oh, with yeah. Ricky Martin. Vico, yeah, yeah, He's a good yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him now. And uh, but at the time, so yeah, we had that loop with them, and then finally built it into a song, uh, created sections and stuff, and wrote the song with Dua and Chelsea Grimes. It took a long time because they didn't really want the song, I think. I mean, really funny fact about that song that not a lot of people know, but now we can tell. Yeah, we can right? say it, yeah. So we had the record there, and uh, Jules, Sean Paul's manager, she was like, I fucking love the song, but three years it. after, I mean, two years and a half after, mm-hmm. it was last summer, she really wanted it for Sean. Island Record wanted it for Sean. Mm. So then we went to Jamaica to work with Sean, last summer and did to other records the song, yeah. but the main goal was it was undercover to finish that song so we were trying to get him on the verses read on the vocals from dua from for another girl just like a kind of a generic mm-hmm. so but the main thing with with the sh- with sean and he, he was like no nah, man bad man nothing about kiss and makeup <laughs> so we had to change the whole lyric it was it was really complicated it was like try to fit a triangle in the it wasn't for him it wasn't for no. him and we had such great records with him that shot and wine we've done for him and steph london i don't know if you know that record so we've done it uh-huh. there that during that trip and i like steph stuff. london a lot yeah, yeah she's yeah, very yeah, very yeah. interesting artist we actually oh no i mean can we, we can, yeah. i think we can say we have an upcoming single for our project with as banks and links with her young and young bane Yes. Yeah. I'm exact, yeah. I'm very excited to hear that. That's going to be dope. I mean, no one else knows about it, but you're the first <laughs> Thank one you for to the exclusive. You heard the exclusive. it first Thank on the MOT guys. podcast. Banks and Ranks, Steph London. So just to finish with that kiss and makeup song, then it was kind of a struggle. But while we were in Jamaica, management didn't tell us because shit happened. And basically, Duo's people wanted the record back. And they're like, yeah, we want to put Anita on it. Mm. And Blackpink. Mm-hmm. Finally, Anita didn't really happen for some reason. Then it was Blackpink, and it was the first time you had those kind of collaboration between um, like a European worldwide artist with some, a Korean girl's mm. band. So it was like kind of feeling that historical, we were kind of, yeah, yeah historical yeah. moment for pop music. Mm. And it turned out to be great. And yeah, so far, so blessed. No point intended again. It's one <laughs> of those, tra- they didn't even make it a single. I feel like the timing is very Still interesting for, for your project too because I feel like right now as the borders were melting away with technology like we've been talking yeah. about now even the language barriers are melting away you got K-pop exploding you got French music exploding Afrobeats out of here yeah. reggae been out of here Latin now top yeah, of the pops at the top of the top yeah. interesting time for, for an international project for you guys I feel like you fit well in that pocket so I'm really, Thanks, really happy for you guys. But this is where we actually like, so like you were saying about the fact that we were really, at the beginning we created and called it ECM, Electronic Caribbean Music, whatever. But now it's like more world, world pop, world modern pop music yeah. and like see it more like. I as like a that, world pop. World and pop. And it took for us to be ahead of our time for a few years in order to get where we're at and to be ready when the time is right. That always happens. Because... 
I mean, there's producers that just jump piggy ride, piggyback ride, and, and jump on the latest trend and try to emulate. But the thing with world music, you need to understand the science and do your research and, mm-hmm. and a lot of trial and error to mm-hmm. understand the codes. And embrace the different cultures and actually really dig into it. Yeah. And the playlist Eat the food, and like, chill yeah. with the people and understand how people live in that, that area so of the world. Guys. I yeah. love that you yeah. said that because something I was talking about with Vico um, was he was saying the same thing. You need to do music that's true to yourself that you really enjoy. Yeah. And rather than making music for an intended audience, yeah. make music for yourself and find your audience. Yeah, 100%. You know, it sounds simple, but it's it's a real gem and it's yeah. a real pitfall that a lot of people fall into. Yeah. They're like, okay, Daddy Yankee has the biggest smash this summer. We gonna I need to do song. some Daddy Yankee yeah. shit. But by but the time your version comes out, that's it's, not it's the way. It's as been already. That's exactly. Yeah. But you still you still have to know um, where you're heading and what who you're making music for. When we were doing the ECM thing, it was kind of like in French, we say le cul entre deux chaises, the ass between two chairs. <laughs> Um, there's no like that the EDM actually scene. Should be the name of a project. <laughs> yeah, um, EDM didn't want to hear that. EDM they don't want it. The... They don't want to hear Caribbean music, and Caribbeans they feel insulted when you hype, like you mess with their music. So not this year. I remember one thing though. <laughs> <It's> I, <true. laughs> I mean, that's a fact. Yeah, I won't. I but won't. they'll prefer listening to Celine Dion over stuff like that, though. Mm. I heard her new song won't play on the radio here or something. I just saw the title really? from Journal de Montreal or whatever, some Ooh. stuff like that. Celine? Celine Jean, yeah. Why? I don't know. Probably. I, don't, I didn't read it. I just saw it. Because she's you know. doing trap music. She's yeah. not going around with oh. <laughs> But I mean, it sounds funny to say, but we do this in, in, you know, in hip-hop music, in, in yeah. urban music, whatever you want to call it. I hate that term, but whatever. Uh, all the time, you know, we try and adapt to what's going, but Celine Dion would never have a mumble rapper on her song because she understands how ridiculous that would be. But a lot of times when it comes to hip-hop, people think it's just the Wild West, yeah. you know, and they really end up, you know... There's a science behind it. There's a science behind mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like funny fact I was going to say is I won't name name drop the name of the guy that said that to you but a really famous <laughs> producer yeah. from somewhere in the world said to Soke back then when we started Banks and Rings and he said no one wants to hear that you guys not gonna do anything it's you're not gonna, gonna succeed work. it's never gonna <laughs> work stop that shit now oh everybody has a story like that yep. so to this friend <laughs> I mean we were looking up to this guy like he built something great in, in in the music that we love and, and hearing such a negative perception of what we're trying to do or what we were doing. Um, I think the key was to take that and, and use it as fuel. I was just going to say that. And I think That's sometimes it. when you have somebody mm-hmm. yeah. who you really look up to, you really respect musically say that to you, I feel like it's almost a blessing because mm-hmm. that is really the fuel that you're going to need. Yep. Right, because if everybody's a yes man, and if everybody says it, you're 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 gonna fizzle. Yeah, that's pretty true. No, you really need you true. need those comments to I I, I to just test think yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Am I really doing what I want to do? Character. Am tests. I made for this? If Character if a tests. comment like that would affect us, maybe we're not strong enough to do this. And maybe he would it. actually be right. Maybe he would. Here's but the there was some truth in that comment, though. There was some truth that we we still had we to, to adapt and craft our sound to 
cater to a larger no audience. shame in that we all have to continuously master our craft or we fall off you have to reassess <laughs> I mean, all the, the time you're the whack day, when you stop mastering your craft exactly I mean, the, day you, yeah. The, yeah. the day you say that you can't learn anything more than you're done you, you're, you're whack or yeah. Yeah. by whack. definition of that yeah. it's yeah. it's funny you say that because it just out of the blue uh, full circle story. So Fuji's was on top of the world once upon a time. And I went to, I think it was Hit Factory um, in New York yeah. to meet Praz and Veda who produced the entire Lauren Hill, Miseducation oh of Lauren Hill. God. So I'm sitting in this, you know, multi-million dollar studio. I'm 15 years old and I wrap my heart out for um, this producer. His name was Veda yeah. and Praz. And this is coming off of Lauren Hill's you know, biggest smash, success, right? Yeah. And Fuji's the biggest shit in the world. And the producer loves my shit. And Praz says, you could rap, there's no debating that, but it'll never work as a solo artist. Really? You need to find another white boy who can rap just as well as you because when you think about it, there's, you know, only one Eminem and there's only one uh, Christina Aguilera and there's only one NSYNC so you know because there's M you gotta have a gimmick like you need to have like a white mob deep or something yeah. right so then I said to him um well, there's Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. <laughs> and there's new kids on the block and there's NSYNC. Yeah. Back to boys. And there's Jay-Z and there's Nas. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's Pac and there's Biggie. <laughs> but I go, but maybe you know something I don't. I mean, these guys sold a gazillion records, right? Yeah. So the producer tells me, and I don't even know who he is in this conversation. He goes, listen to me. I produced all of Lauren Hill's album. I wasn't credited properly. I'm going through a huge lawsuit. It's going to come out. Anyways, I'm so I would love to work with you. I think your shit's fire. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt because I'm like, you sure you produced all of Lauren Hill's album? Like, I never heard about you, but you know, fast forward a few months, there's a big write up in the source. He won oh, millions. Wicked. Wicked. It was true. Good for him. You know, and um, so you know, I just thought it was it was a silly comment, but you know, years pass, and a friend of mine calls me and says, "Yo." Um, Praz is going to be in Montreal alone. Could you go pick him up from his hotel? <laughs> say, could you go fuck him up? Could you go pick him up? Could you, go pick, be alone. Up? Could you go pick him up from his hotel and, you know, take him out? I told yeah. him you're a good friend of mine. And so I pick up Praz and he's sitting in my car. We go for dinner at Houston's and, you know, we're, you know, how so-and-so, how so-and-so. And then I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. How many years was that? 20 point? years ago. <gasps> Shit. He probably did it, right? No, actually, less than 20 years ago. I was 14, 15 at the time. Okay. 16 years, whatever it was. Yeah, still. And I, and I said, we were at Hit Factory, and, and I tell him the story. And he's fucking, we're eating, and it's just me and him having dinner. It's out full circle. And he had a good laugh, and he goes, yo, I don't remember saying that, <laughs> but that's some stupid shit that I said. <laughs> So the goes, lesson is I be careful you, what comes out of yeah, your mouth. And he goes, I, I hope you didn't listen to that. And we had the best weekend. Oh, we great. went out, we partied. He's a great guy. And, you know, shit comes full circle in yeah, life and yeah, nobody yeah, has yeah. a crystal ball. And sometimes the moral of what I'm trying to say is an opinion is just a fucking opinion. Yeah. Even yeah, if it's yeah. from somebody you really fucking You're look right. up yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all human. 100%. I could listen to a beat and be like, ah, it's not trash, but 
I don't hear myself on it like Sean Paul. Yeah. That might be the, and he might hate it. That might be the biggest record you guys ever do. Yeah. Yeah. Just know. because we hate it, because maybe our sensibility is so traditional it's all perception. and organic that we're missing the, I've heard from one of the first people I worked with as a kid, this is pre that conversation, pre guru, was Raheem from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah. The motherfucker wrote, don't push me because I'm yeah, close yeah, to yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first commercial smash in hip hop. He said they hated the song and the fucking somebody had to pull a gun on somebody to force them to finish the motherfucker. Because they were like, yo, this shit is too commercial. We don't want to do this shit. We're from the South Bronx. This shit is do 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 do. It was like nah, disco music for them. (laughs) And it's one of the biggest songs in in rap history to this day. They're in the rock and roll hall of fame because of this shit. yeah, 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 yeah. Because of that song. Personal friends yeah. told me this shit. Shout out to my brother Raheem. Shout out to Kijana, who was actually my first manager when I was a youth. Damn. But I Wild. saw this lesson, you know, and my manager telling me when I'm 15 years old, I was living in South Jamaica, Queens, sleeping on his couch, running to Def Jam and staking out labels, waiting for executives to come out, almost getting, my manager almost getting hit by a fucking UPS truck. Oh yeah, you told me that story. (laughs) It's, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm in the sun and I'm like, bro, we can't stake out record labels. This is insane. And he's like, there's only one door they come out of and you're going to fucking rap for them. And if I got to wait five hours or 10 hours, and we went back and we got that meeting meeting, because of that extreme, you know, shit people weren't willing to do. All that to say, I remember him telling me, bless, I had a fucking label deal with MCA Uptown, which was like Jodeci and all of that shit. And he goes, and there was a guy who nobody thought much of yet, who was an intern, used to get me my coffee and my donuts. That's Puff Daddy. (laughs) That's a fact. And I I said, he didn't used to get your coffee and donuts, bro. Shut the fuck up. And he said, bless, (laughs) don't be so cocky. Just a kid. (laughs) He goes, do you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm from Montreal. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm of like, course. you know, we like to give a little pushback. I don't care just because I'm in New York. You know, I'm not buying everything. He said, a word. And it was like 2000 when Puff got the baby blue, the baby blue Bentley and, you know, had the, the, the minks and all, you know, the Nas, you can hate me now era, yeah. all that. Wow. And he brought me to the video shoot, him and R. Kelly, Puff and R. Kelly. And I'm just a kid. And fucking Puff walks up to my manager, gives him a big fucking hug. And I saw by their interaction, this is fucking true. Yeah, yeah. He was his fucking intern. And that's this business. Anybody you, you step know. over going up that ladder, it's okay if you step on their hands, you know, because everybody's holding on, but yeah. say, excuse me, brother, I don't yeah. mean to step on your hand. Just move your hand. I'm just trying to go up here. Yeah. Because when you fall off, if you're yeah. one of those fuckers, you're going to like, oh, fuck fuck you, going up. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. just going to yeah. let you yeah. keep yeah. falling yeah. forever. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, and there are good people in this business that will reach back and vice versa. You the good ones I mean? stick around. That's that's what it oh, is. Yeah. You know, and like it's, it's the only industry where you can be a criminal, have like a, a murder charge and you're accepted amongst artists, yep, right? That's like, really true. It's, you and know, you get a doctorate. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. So the real ones when you stick done, around. When you didn't actually go to school. Exactly. See, I'm working on my Harvard degree doing this podcast because <laughs> I don't want to actually study. I'm hoping somebody's going to give me an honorary degree for <laughs> Dr. Bless. <laughs> I like a historian. No, but the thing is with this music business and everything in life, you never know who's going to be who. No. Yeah. So be respectful to anyone. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when we go on sets or whatever, we actually don't, 
we chill with everyone, but we chill with the proper staff, the people, the security. Oh, the, so important. This yeah. is the people that are looking after you. These and, are and the to nice thank people. them for their job. Yeah, course, not right? to be like, oh, I don't care that you're doing security. Nah, never. You know what I'm saying? I met a lot of great friends of mine who were, you know, bodyguards and doing security and in, in nightlife, and they ended up being major hookups for. Other people, yeah. when they would come to town because they were like, yo, this is my homie Bless. He does this thing. You guys should. So it's beyond just you never know who's who. I feel it's important to give a shot to people artistically who deserve it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even just like the extras on the video shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just We saying hi. Hey, what's up? Thanks anybody. for being here. That never happens. They're like, yo, this is amazing. Artists never do that. Yeah. Why not? And it let's takes be five real. minutes. That yeah. small impression that you leave on somebody yeah. who fucks with your music is so exponential yeah, for your yeah, business yeah. if you look at it from a compounding perspective. Because yeah. when somebody has a good experience with you as a fan, they're your fan for life. Yeah. That, that's really true. They will fucking support everything yeah. you do. And what did it take you? But Hey, take a beer from the fucking fridge. You're not paying for it anyways. Exactly. Because you genuinely appreciate their yeah. support. But yeah, that's important. true. But yeah. at the beginning... We, I don't think we do it even in that purpose. It's just naturally we love the people and we love to be with the people Absolutely. and show the people. That's the really first thing. And mm -hmm. then, like, you know, hopefully after you convert people in, like, true fans, then it's better. But Bro, I would do shows, and when I sold a certain amount of merch that I was happy with, anybody who want, I would just Give say, yo, rest. just take it. That's dope. Just take it. You want it? Because I, I never forgot the first major celebrity I ever met, ironically, was Tupac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that little picture, that famous that, picture yeah, that yeah, I put yeah. in my first album. And I was maybe 11, 12 years old only. And the time that he took, you know what I mean? To kneel down, to talk with me. Yeah. I spit for him. He, I said, oh, can I get out? He said, fuck, autograph. There was somebody taking pictures. He paid for the picture. He chilled wow. for like 20 minutes with us, spoke to my pops. It's not that that's what made me a fan for life of Pac because we were all fans of Pac. Yeah. But that's what really embedded in my brain. That's why this man is an icon. Yeah. Because there was more to him than the image or the music. That's why Nipsey had such an impact even prior to passing. There's there a human go. being behind the whole. Right? So yeah. there's, this, there's this narrative that everybody wants to play the tough guy, the cool guy, the superstar, the rock star. But at the end of the day, do you want to be somebody who had a couple songs or do you want to be iconic? Yeah. And I think that personality ha and charisma has so much to do with being yeah. iconic. You know what I mean? Mick Jagger did something very right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, health-wise and tour-wise, beyond just the records. Because there was a lot of people who made great music. We were supposed to work on a Mick Jagger song. I'm down. Yeah. If you need me on the remix, I got you. There was a remix. We were supposed to do a remix, but it, it wasn't really for us, so we kind of turned it down. See, Mick Jagger, I don't imagine, will be doing trap records either. He, he wanted us with to Stormzy, do the right? Was it yeah, with a remix, did. though, but would keep the vocals the same. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty open for us to do our thing. Fuck but with, yeah. You know, sometimes it's a funny story about remix. Well, maybe he's guess, losing his mind, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> one of us, because I think probably because... I would the, be, the as, as, as producers and writers, I would be scared. I would be excited, but I would be scared for no, you. but that's true. Because yeah. you don't want to drop that ball. You know, a funny story like that. So I'm a huge, 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 probably one of the biggest fans of Jamiroquai. You know Jamiroquai, <laughs> obviously. I'm one of the hugest fans. Okay, <laughs> Fight. <laughs> Let's see. Who's we can biggest. definitely get along over that. And 
I'm not going to cut you off because I'm not in the business of doing that. Let me. But. <laughs> but <laughs> Shots fired. You're actually doing fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. That wasn't a shot. That was a big one. <laughs> we you, preach inclusiveness. But Jamiroquai and Guru, Jasmine's second That's or third Jasmataz yeah, was yeah, on yeah. Guru's album. That's hard. Wow. But fucking Jamiroquai is an icon. So please speak on So that. the thing is, we were in the A&R's office uh, at Virgin on the latest record he done it was like what, two three years ago now mm -hmm. three years ago now i think time flies man and um he was like yeah you're a fan cool let me see what i can do he's like then he called us he said i have a surprise for you so for you guys to remix the first single and wow. i remember i called you and i was like bro what do we do out. i was stressing out the whole weekend i was just partying but thinking of that's bro, a goat I moment right there that's yeah a goat moment. and i said so okay no we can't do it like no you we, have to we had no. to politely turn it down what Bro, cause you don't understand. Now we do have to fight. Let me cut. No, down. cause the, you don't want to touch what's been done by and the do fucking worse. genius. But guess what? That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You gotta take that, bro. No, 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 no. It was more. I think, I think the integrity. choice of song as well wasn't for us. Okay, okay, okay. Chose, there, was there was a creative that, difference. Yeah, maybe, but not just that. I think is. Jamie requires record, and this is what I realized. They're his records. Yeah. You can't touch them. Mm. It's like, you wouldn't go and remix Michael Jackson, like, for real. You mm. understand? I know what you mean. So, yeah, that was, yeah. I'm not fully understanding, though. Like, you, you would do another record with him, just certain ones you won't touch? Like, two iconic? We would, we would we build a new song. Yeah, a new yeah. song together. Right, but, but the iconic old there, ones, you're like, nah. Is there anyone else on that list? That we refused? Yeah. No, maybe that you refused, or that you would refuse. I mean, we refused the Mick Jagger stuff. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger was a big one. Mick Jagger and Jamiroquai is enough. You guys are getting carried away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gorillas. We did Gorillas, though. That was, that was fucking amazing. Because it was, the it was for us. We did? could turn it into something. Um, the Saturn's Bars. Saturn's Bars the, and um, the one with uh, Pusha T. And um, what's the name of that legend? Oh. Mavis. Mavis Staples. Yeah. Staples, Staples. Tell me a couple of your other biggest uh, uh, accomplishments, music-wise, like other records you've done. So there's Dua Lipa, yeah. there's Gorillas. Just Definitely. you know, for pe we people did, who like, aren't familiar, twenty songs with Sean. Yeah, we wrote a lot of songs with Sean. More upcoming records. We've done the Mad Love record for Sean. David I mean, Guetta. production with David Guetta and Sean. Um, uh, the Sean Steph London Shot and Wine. His latest EP before that, we've done like oh Nikki Jam. We got a platinum plaque for Nikki Jam. What was the song? Uh, no te puedo olvidar. Yeah, we got Grammy nominated for this. Grammy, one, yeah, yeah. Well. congratulations for Latin Thanks, Grammy. Thanks, man. That's nice. dope. Uh, what else? Like the Olimers, the Ansophone. Ansophone is one of our biggest. Yeah, and it's we're proud to say that it's our own record, which is amazing. We got actually another one coming up with Ella yeah. in, on the fifth of August. So yeah, so this one is our next one. release. We're so hype about this one. Um, it's it's a Brazilian funk track that we adapted to what we do. Sick. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be. F I love that. Mad. We um, Kiana Lede. Yeah, Kiana Lede. She's uh, an American singer. American. I think she's an actress as well. Huh? So it's Ella Air and yeah, Kiana is on the middle eight. Yeah, yeah. she's an actress. Do you have a release date on your project? On our. Like you you said before, or? yeah, you said there was an album, right? There's an album. No, not, no. Yet, not yet. No? We signed for four albums, but four. I think we're going to reconsider. So what's the strategy <laughs> as far as Banks yeah. and Ranks? Obviously, the writing and producing is keeping yeah. you guys busy. Are you guys just going to roll out some singles sooner than yeah, later? Singles yeah, singles for now. Most of the time, we go in the session for our own project, but we, we never really um, break our heads. We just go in there, 
make with no expectation, do, do what we do, and then see, after that, see where, where the where the pieces. The team go. will say, okay, this is a potential single for us. This one, not so much. Let's pitch it out. Um, but there's not really a like a strategy. I think we're just going one song at a time, making records. The most important is, and we were talking about it today with our managers, is it's all about the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're rec- record chasers, basically. So we'll always, even listening to other people's record, like we're like, when we're in session, we're like, guys, do you have other records sitting on your hard drive? Please send it our way. Mm-hmm. We can probably recreate a new production around it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we write the songs because we're actually writers as well. Uh, more and more we write melodies and, and, and lyrics and mm-hmm. stuff. But we, it's all about like finding not a good beat or a good capital it's like a good song we, overall we, throughout this whole process we became we, we realized that we were basically just beat makers and artists before mm-hmm. and there was no link between the two hats mm. and throughout the whole process we became the, the real uh, definition of a music producer is somebody who creates songs and not just beats or backing tracks Exactly. That's, right. that's such a gem. And I think that's something that flies over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. I think they get confused. I think somebody who can make a dope beat or who can write a, a, a hot 16 or a catchy hook still doesn't understand that there's there's still another level. Bigger picture. To, to, uh, you need to be confident enough to tell Rihanna that what the take she just did was not hmm. good enough. Rihanna was shit. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that way. Hey, babe, what, look what hey, you think you just did. <laughs> sure about it. Maybe it could work, but maybe what if we try something else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she would appreciate that sexual aggressiveness <laughs> that, that he was just doing. <laughs> what are, the what Me are Too podcast. Yeah, are, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Cut that, cut that. Please cut that. I'm curious, because you guys both... Uh, kind of started in different places yeah. when you guys come together in a studio session let's say it's like a, like a bigger session yeah. um like what's your vibe like do you need like the lights low incense is someone got to get stoned first easy going yeah i mean we we usually start with a lot of jokes and, and maybe talk for an hour with the artists and see where they're at emotionally and in their lives and what they like to listen to and we usually build off of the moment that you have with artists you know i just broke up with my my boyfriend or whatever my girlfriend Oh, I remember, Here's, you remember that day the girl was hangover. I said, oh, I know that. And then yeah, 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 we wrote yeah, yeah. That, that song as well. So like, yeah, basically the way we they connect feel. and break the ice first and then start with chords or But workflow wise, do you guys sometimes come up with ideas separately or do you guys always do sessions sometimes, together? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. So the, the, our workflow, I'd say in a session, we both, we both know how to do the same stuff but we know our strengths as well yeah. mm-hmm. so in the session we will do it the way it goes but then when we separate it then he's home and i'm home and then you might polish it separately and yeah, yeah or but the core is done together exactly yeah. or sometimes you would do a beat on your own i do a beat on my own then we send it to each other we're like oh love it that could, we could use this for that or that da, da, da. and then we strip down some ideas for session or we use it and we finish the beat or we have many different ways of working. Funny enough, anything that we do beforehand rarely amounts to anything concrete. Mm. Mm. Which is funny because we could never imagine that before. We would prepare I like would think 40 beats yeah, before a, a writing trip. Yeah. And Max pressing out, well, we need more beats, beats, and playing people beats. And it they would don't never get excited. Work. Like, I think oh. maybe they get they get overwhelmed. Yeah. It gets lost in yeah. the shuffle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had that too, you know, like when, when me and my partner, we have like so many tracks and then it's like, 
you just get over the, the artist you gets get overwhelmed you know the beat is supposed to be the plate for the the meal you know the meal is the singer the songwriter mm-hmm. Exactly. And the thing is, at the beginning, when we started, I remember in London, like now, like four years ago, we were coming with the, all those beats and stuff and uh, on all the pop side. And the thing is, they were overloaded. There was no room for the writer, for the song, the singer. And we're like, oh, why? It's so busy. It sounds weird. It doesn't. <laughs> but because a There beat be is space. a beat and it has to just carry on the top line and not, not have to overpower the top line. So, yeah. you know. That's such a gem. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially from a producer's perspective, they want to, you know, show off their skills so badly. They're like the DJ scratching behind the back. Literally. While the guy's singing. Nobody can dance (laughs) because you're fucking DJ Qbert. You know what I mean? Give a little musical scratch like a premiere, a chip, a tip, a one, two again. And that's it. Because that's not music. And then a lot of producers say, oh, I have four drum patterns yeah. and 16 melodies. And whoa, wait to drop. Nobody can sing or rap on. Womp, 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 womp. And that's so why exactly that. that's maybe made for more instrumental music. Less is more. I mean, well. less is always more. Yeah. Funny story when we were in LA. And so we done a session with Jason Derulo. I don't know if the track's going to come out. It's going to be someone else cutting it. But anyways. Cool vibe, cool dude with his team. Super cool. We did the beat in literally, what, two minutes? Yeah. Two minutes. So okay, prepared a drum loop before. That was wicked. He played it. We're like, oh, groove. Came, did the bass. Doom, 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 That's doom. it. That's it. We gave them the track, and it was all about Jason doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And then we were, so we gave it to the engineer. It's rare we work with engineering sessions, but mm-hmm. he was really good. So we gave him the stems. Two stems, I think, literally. Yeah. Probably three with the kick. Mm-hmm a pad or just a pluck after and then he done his thing and he stack up with all those harmonies and stuff and we were actually like producing by just telling oh maybe try this try that but the beat we would have never made a beat like that on our own yeah because if you remove the vocals there is nothing there's not even a beat so interesting once he put his melodies and he put his vocals on it did you guys then add a couple little one pluck we tried but it didn't work Wow. So it was like one of those minimal. Yeah. Bass and drums. Pharrell kind of, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I imagine, right? Yeah. And yeah. it works. It just works. It's all about it the groove. You have a great bass line. The guy on top of it just do is like stacks, stacks of yeah. harmonies yeah. and it sounds wicked. Well, you know, I think who's, who's a shining example of that. When you really think about it, Drake's biggest records mm. have been very minimally, minimal. yeah. very minimal. Everything is filtered and his voice mm-hmm. is right in front easier to digest right. yeah. i always think of that 3d image of music you know like yeah, there's that yeah. like picture yeah and drake's like literally in the front and like yeah, that's it yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. literally that analogy. you have the lows you have like the middles and then the voice and then you have that's to understand fr- like frequency how frequencies work and where each element sits yeah. yeah take notes all you producers mm-hmm. out there take notes there's an image on google that if you haven't seen it you should it's yeah. like it's a, it's a picture of music and where everything's supposed to be you know the bass is in the like the middle can line, find it? like can right and left. I can, yeah, After, yeah, we'll have to see it. Nice, but I mean, it's yeah, it's good to picture music. Um, I have a condition called synesthesia, where you see shapes and colors in music, and it helped. It kind of helped me through my production to to, um, to 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 visualize what I'm doing with my listening with my eyes. This is a, like a, a a a quantified disorder that you have. Yeah, a lot of musicians have it. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking interesting. They use it usually to build their um, the lighting for their performances. 
Mm. So that the lighting matches the song. I have mm. a problem like that. When I close my eyes, I don't know what's the name of that condition, but I see naked girls. That's a great problem. <laughs> it's called syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're in good company. Al Capone had that too. <laughs> Maybe you got to do some more gangster rap, some more Chicago drill music. I'll help you with that. Oh, man. Um, that's fucking interesting. So... Basically, what's next on the agenda for you, gentlemen? You guys are so killing next, it. Next release, um, I think it's early London August, going to London. Um, we got actually They're making you leave the city. Lined up. Huh? They're making you leave the city. You're mad now, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we go like every two months. Okay. It's like the, the routine now. Last year was hectic, though. We were going like yeah. every three weeks. And I can imagine that gets very expensive because no matter what oh you're making God, to go so there, much. London will eat you up. Yeah, but the it's thing about is... about 10 grand a trip, maybe more. Minimum. Mm, yeah around that something yeah. like that and you gotta count because we pay for everything studio oh, transportation I know. Oh, plane I know. tickets food oh, I know. Airbnb oh I know it goes fast it yeah. goes yeah. really it goes fast. fucking fast especially with that with that horrific exchange rate that's what people like you need a lot of money to do this job this, this is yeah this is what you said as well like if you live in London and you want to ball like you could probably ball here in Montreal with a couple mil yeah. there you have to be like having at least like 100 mil yeah yeah it's crazy. Well, when you think about it, London's a gorgeous place and it's a world-class city, but yeah. I love it. like people who aren't from there, you don't hear them moving there. Like, no. you know what I mean? You don't hear like, "Oh, Britney Spears moved to London." Like, I'm no. sure she could, but <laughs> she won't. <No. laughs> and it's not cuz it's in Europe, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like it's expensive. Yeah. Yep. It's expensive. So, you guys next on the agenda, London. So, London, we have the record coming out on the 5th of August. What's it called? Mama so it's Ella Air Time Banks and Ranks with featuring Kiana Liddy. Nice. Um, um, we're working on our publishing company as well. That's early days, but it's still in the works. Um, 31's baby. You know, I got to do another piece for you. Yeah. When the time is right. Yeah. I will, I will make sure that thing shines A exquisitely. Bit more. <laughs> exquisitely. Yeah. We're also, um, you know, keeping a foot in Quebec and trying to build stuff here work with artists here um but yeah we don't we don't see that far in the future we have our nigerian artists as well that we found that we're signing as well as we speak i mean we signed him basically but just building him now um wicked from From nigeria Nigeria, he's based there we're actually gonna see him in london next week what's the what's what's the artist's name we can't say okay it's it's it's, yeah you'll let me know off camera yeah you will hear about it for sure but we're yeah we're we kind of have a hint that Afrobeat is the next wave, so we want to get there in advance and and build something, because those guys they stay in Africa they don't they're self sufficient there, so it's that's such a huge market. It's there huge, on their own, yeah. But it's hard to export it True. worldwide, so we're trying to. But I feel like that sound is so like we said world world pop. I feel yeah. like that sound those those African drums. There's something very yeah. magical about it, and the top lines as well. They're really strong, it's really unique. Yeah, it's very musical pop and musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's exciting. Like big pop writers as well. It it, would work. It's a really yeah. exciting time for international music, and I feel like some great music's gonna come out of this next wave yeah. because I feel like 100%. it went, you know, from you know sixties high creativity, seventies great, eighties very interesting, nineties hip hop. 2000s yeah. <laughs> back down to generation to generation but i feel like we're gonna hit a, yeah. a real golden era of music even outside of hip-hop yeah you know and i'm, I'm excited to hear that i guess my la- last question for you gentlemen would be and this is for each of you i'd love for you to answer separately 
what drives you and what defines you. Hmm. Look at Bless asking some serious questions. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> no problem. Um, First thing that comes to your mind, like the beat when you step um, in the session. So don't the drive it. is definitely, I don't think we really chose what we're doing. I think it comes from, from conception. I mean, uh, personally, I always, that's the only thing I wanted to do from, I was a kid listening to Michael Jackson and like already I knew that I wasn't listening to music like a regular person. I was dividing all the layers in the song seeing and shapes and colors yeah exactly so i was <laughs> already syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> i was already as a kid i was already listening like a producer i remember i was recording my friend playing drums on the little fisher price thing when i was like seven um it was always in the works in the plans to to do that but i, I didn't understand it and know that it could be a, a career mm. i just did it and so the drive is just i mean passion and and as a purpose to to create something that's timeless, I guess, and and influence and 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 affect people in a positive way. And obviously, we want to be the best. Forever trying to make that perfect record. Every yeah. artist, yeah, 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 mission yeah. and curse. And so the drive, and of course, I got two beautiful kids, so they they help me to ground myself and to work harder. Um, what was the, the other drive Define and, what, and what defines us? Um, you. Me. Not us, because he's going to answer <laughs> separately. Um, so is it on the music side or in general in life? There's no wrong answer. No wrong However answer. However you take it. It's a general question because okay. it's such a broad um, this, yeah. question that I find, you know, you learn a lot when people pick it. Yeah. It's just right? a dope if music question. defines you, yeah, it's it going to be in it relation is. to music. It's philosophy, yeah. If music defines you and you're told, it's, then it, it, you know, maybe it's the kids. Music or, definitely defines me. Um, but in the past few years, I, I kind of... Uh, uh, worked on myself and on my relation with music and took a step back uh, especially emotionally with to not define myself only with music mm. for first like 20 years music was my self-confidence my image the way i interacted with people the way people looked at me uh looked up you know and if you take away music what is there left and that's what i needed to work on and say if i lose all of that you have to be will i be person, okay and you have to be and the answer is yes that's yeah. great that's so, a great place to be and i'm smiling from ear to ear because i literally <laughs> went through that this year wicked that's, ah, yeah that's you told exactly me you told me you mentioned feeling. it yeah yeah um and that's a beautiful thing so you you I'm gain power you. with that it is and you know ironically the business and the music starts to to really flow better yeah once you you're able to do that yeah because you don't depend on it for your happiness Mm. And for so long, it was just that, like... Where even it doesn't, uh, it's not your identity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it's part of thing of your in the identity. In it is. But if it is your personal identity, mm, you're going into some dark places. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And we've yeah. all been there, I'm sure. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you're vulnerable. <laughs> you depend on your music for everything in your life. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, apart from that, health mental health, um, physical health. Being happy, I think, is just the key, man. Like, assessing all the aspects of your life, you know, family, friends, uh, self-care, uh, self self-development, and really making sure that uh, finance, business, everything is 
balanced. balanced and equal, you know? If your work, like our work is amazing right now, but if everything else in my life was shit, it would definitely, definitely affect my work and everything would crumble. So you it's need balance. to... balance. Yeah. It's all about balance yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Taking mm -hmm. time for yourself and... and also, we're lucky that we don't have to work. <laughs> and we're very I mean, grateful. It's, it's rare that I feel that I work. When I feel that we work is when we do all the bouncing corporate stems stuff, and bouncing signing stems contracts, or signing contracts, or going through accountants and whatever. But yeah, other than that, it's it doesn't feel like work. We can enjoy life. That's a beautiful thing. What about you, my brother? Uh, what defines so you? What defines me? That was an, another one as well. What drives you? What drives yeah. me? What drives me? Uh, cars. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. uh, um, nice spending bars with the cars. <laughs> I'd say what <laughs> what what, uh, what drives me? What uh, that's really weird. But like Soke, I was always into music since I was a kid. Being on softwares with loops and stuff, and then started to sing and record and produce and whatever at a really young age as well. And there was nothing to tell me that I would potentially be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what kept me on the path of going and going and going. I think it's just a bigger than you. Yeah. It's bigger than me. I didn't choose that. Do you know what I always said when somebody said the obvious thing? Man, bless. You're so lucky to do what you've done. Mm -mm. You're so lucky. It's not luck. It's not to, luck. To, to do this. And I said, I actually resent that because yeah. I think... I'm actually very unlucky, but I will give you in the luck department, the only thing I've been very lucky and very fortunate for is that for some fucking reason, and it defies logic that I haven't given up. That, that's it. But I you create that. You're responsible obviously. for that. Yeah. But yeah. I said, that's the only thing I feel lucky for or fortunate well, for yeah. is that I didn't stop. But Other yes than that. Because no, you didn't choose that. I don't think you well, choose that. I just that. think there's something in, in us that was maybe bigger than us yeah. and was maybe a subconscious thing. Just meant thing. to be. Yeah. Uh, or no, just, just very, he, very he, powerful in our subconscious that made us continue down this road no matter, even because a lot of times in my life, in my career, it didn't make sense to continue. No. It wasn't the logical thing. It wasn't necessarily the right thing for the moment, but I felt something bigger than me. So I've, I've only felt fortunate or lucky that I didn't stop. Other Same than way. that, I don't know how lucky I was, you know. And maybe the right, the key people that came on your path. I think opportunity has a lot to do with it. Yeah. If you get an opportunity and you're ready for it, like, I mean, I, I remember you from MySpace. You know what I mean? But like, let me, but let me. Wow. You know, like, like you, you, you. But let going. me. Go, go. Don't you think, and this is an interesting question, that... It's not logical to continue when opportunity is not coming. Right. And the people who win push through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's really what defines the people who are going to make it in this business and the people who might have been really talented but stopped. It wasn't for them. And right? most of them, I think, don't make it because of that reason. I'm not saying that we made it. I think we keep on still building, pushing, yeah. and yes, pushing and but pushing and pushing. But they stop before something interesting can happen and take them to the next step. Exactly. I think there's a lot of examples of success stories where there was no opportunity at all and they had to create it for themselves. Right. Oh, absolutely. Or just stay in pocket yeah. for a fucking decade stay focused, yeah. until the shit looped back around. Yeah. Who the fuck? Look at it like this, Lemmy, right? Imagine you miss a flight. 
Yeah. And they say, well, there's a flight in an hour. Well, anybody who's not a retard can wait for the next flight. Yeah. And then they say, oh, there's not a flight till midnight. Happened many times to yeah. me in Europe. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to have to wait. No choice. And if they told you you're going to have to get a hotel room at your own expense, you'll do it anyways. Yeah. But how many people would stay in that airport for a week, a month, a year? Almost no one. But who knows what's at the end of that wait? Most people are just not prepared to take that trip. Yeah. There's a funny analogy. That's really true. There was, um, I don't know if it's a true story. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. There was an ad in the paper for a very specific job. Um, but it was very vague. It just said, you know, great benefits, great salary, flexible hours. And there would, there would be a date, a time, and a location. People would this go. sounds like Deuce Bigelow Mill Jiggler. <laughs> <laughs> There would be a glory and, hole and a date and a time. <laughs> so people would go there and wait to be picked up for the interview. Wow, okay. And nobody would come. So there would be a bunch of people in the room and slowly but surely people look at the time. Okay, I've been here for 16 hours. Nothing's mm -hmm. happening. This is a scam. And that was the last Until one there was one guy left. He probably waited 20, 48 hours there. And it was for Secret Service. Wow. Or FBI or like an agency. Is it like true? That. Sick. <laughs> I mean, it could be true. Maybe if they're looking for that specific character. Yeah, sure. That guy that would wait mm -hmm. 48 hours in a, a random room. Yeah, sure. Not knowing what's Just to ahead. Observe. Well, yeah. listen. Yeah. This is the price of success. The price of success is sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. A lot that is the, and, and, and by the way, the price of mastering your craft is yeah. the same. You're never going to be world class as, a, as an MC, a writer, a producer, a fucking host of a show if you're not willing to really throw yourself into it blindly, even and when it's not profitable. And every day as well. Every day. And, eat, and when it's not profitable, mm -hmm. when it's not It's not always fulfilling, about money, no. You know, and when, and when I say profitable, I mean, you know, when the buzz isn't there. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys have done gigs for two people or 20,000 people and you gave it the same energy. Oh, yeah. always. And always. let me tell you, from personal experience. The two people is more stressful than the two <laughs> yeah. and It's pretty soul crushing when you know you prepared your show and there's 20 people in the room yeah. and you're like, damn, I performed with Gangstar all around the world and yep. I was Guru's hype Ego man again. and I yep. played with Akon in front of 20,000 like I should get I what I deserve. I deserve to be further yep. than this. Yep. I shouldn't be doing this opening slot for fucking a few hundred bucks. Life but doesn't owe you shit. But that's the fucking yeah, price. Yeah, exactly. That's the price yep. of being here yeah or there or wherever you envision yourself and live like soke said life doesn't owe you shit anyways so like you can't expect people or whatever to give you that because you done this they probably mm -hmm. don't know it and it's constantly have to remind yourself who you are as a human being and you're just a human being and i'm saying that for all of us and just keep our like keep us down to earth basically yeah, keep your expectations so is that what realistic? defines you because you just said what drives you. What defines you? Um, so what, what drives me, though? So that, what kept me to, like Focused having that drive. Mm -hmm. It was the love of music, for sure. Um, now, what keeps on driving me is more uh, accomplishment in this business. Because it's not just as, we're not just as music producers now. We're like becoming to become like businessmen as yeah. well. So it's like create companies, sign people, find talent, and like help other people with their craft as well sure. this is what mm -hmm. really like gives me like um an uh, excitement an continue. excitement to like 
find this new kid in Nigeria and tell him, bro, you're going to be the best fucking artist of all time. Trust me. Because the way I trust in you, this is the way you should trust in yourself. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So give that energy the same way our manager give us that energy. So it's it's build a legacy. This is what drives me. Legacy. This is this is what I love. And, and, and then buy lands and properties and stuff. Not for the sake of buying and say I own. No, it's legacy. Mm-hmm. Build stuff for the next ones. Is it right? Is my kids or uh, our artists or or uh, like you can see the the bigger the, the bigger picture? Sure. Now, what defines me? Um, it's hmm. a hard one. That's a hard one. Hmm. Maybe take yourself out of the musical perspective for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm really not thinking about the music as a human being. What defines me? Uh. I'd say I'm a highly sensitive person. Um, Your biggest critic as well. You're always maybe trying to prove to yourself that you can still do it and and better yourself exactly. all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm my worst. I'm my best friend and my worst enemy <laughs> at the same time. I think we all are. are. Yeah. Sure. But like Soke said, like I, I'm. What defines me is I will always trying to push the boundaries yeah. somewhere else, even though sometimes trying to push it too far won't f- specially make me happy. Hmm. But just mm-hmm. that I will always uh, push forward. That's, that's push forward. Yeah. Yeah, push like forward. life is movement. And sometimes I can feel really down. And fortunately for that, I have the best partner in the world and other partners around us to when the days are dark then yeah. bring the bright side to it well, he seems like a very level-headed guy so i think it's a good oh, we balance each other out balance. perfectly man we're very opposite like two opposite personalities but it works you sign well. off water i'm sign off fire and this is what it banks and ranks as well introverted extroverted mm. yeah and and but we found our balance so the thing is uh i'd say keep on pushing 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 even though sometimes it's not like the best thing to do for my own sake but i will keep doing it because i love it and this is what defines me and this is what drives me as well so it goes kind of together in a way so amazing yeah, i think well I you guys seemed like you're doing a fucking hell of a job at it <laughs> congratulations Thanks, and man. continued success Thanks, thank you for brother. sharing your story i feel like i got to know both of you guys uh, a lot more and it's long overdue this is the moment of truth podcast <laughs> your boy bless let me know Thanks, Very guys. special thank Thanks, you, best. gentlemen. Thanks, thank guys. you, Banks and Ranks. It's Amazing honor. episode. You gave us a lot, a lot, a lot of game, a lot, a lot of crisis thank knowledge. You. Thank you, Keep fucking killing it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. For-